Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. I am so excited to be here today launching my brand new podcast. My story begins with an unfortunate event that led to a cascade of fear, sadness, depression, learning, growth, wellness, health, empowerment, and thriving. You are here likely because you are my family, friend, or a new friendly face that is suffering from dry eye. I will tell you that one of my doctors stated, if this wasn't such a tragedy, it would be a comedy. It's going to get dark, but at the same time, the circumstances are completely laughable. So without further ado, here is my story. I am a speech-language pathologist, and in my 10th year of work, I had been working at a job that I loved and truly thought I would retire from. Then 2020 hit. Those of us in healthcare were initially terrified. There were so many questions that were not being answered for us. After COVID came to our facility through a patient and then to our staff, my skilled nursing facility stopped taking admissions. It was for the safety of the patients and staff, but due to the lack of patients, our hours had decreased significantly. We asked for a furlough, but we were told that they were doing everything they could to keep us working. In an effort to continue work for the employees, especially the therapy staff, we were allowed rotations as dietary staff patient assistance, and cleaning. I never thought I would be paid my therapy wage to pass out trays or wash the walls, but they continued to refuse a furlough. On May 19th, I had agreed to a shift cleaning the kitchen. A co-worker and myself were cleaning pantry racks and were using a regular cleaner. When that wasn't working on the tough food residue, as we previously used in our other shifts, we decided to use heavy-duty oven degreaser. We used this when we had our shifts cleaning in the real kitchens. I went to the area where the supplies and chemicals were stored, and in an attempt to refill the bottle, I lifted the sprayer out and unfortunately must not have pulled straight up. This then flung the heavy-duty oven degreaser in my eyes, Not just one, but both. I immediately asked a dietary worker for the closest eye wash station. I was thankful when I was within 10 feet. When I turned on the eye wash station, I was shocked to see that the water only came about two inches high at the most. I tried to splash the water up into my eyes to rinse, but the water became too hot and burned my hands. I again then asked another coworker if there was another eyewash station, and luckily there was on the other side of the kitchen. Again, to my surprise, the water again came only but two inches high, which I again tried to rinse my eyes, but the water became very hot. I left the kitchen and went immediately to the dietary manager whose office was in the next room over. She escorted me up the elevator which are known to be extremely slow in our facility, to the second floor kitchen. 
Unfortunately, this eyewash station did the same thing as the first, and at this point, I did not stop to rinse my eyes, and we headed straight to the third floor kitchen. In the elevator is when things got real. My eyes started burning a lot, and they felt like they were on fire. I started feeling very anxious and super angry because of the lack of proper functioning of essential safety equipment. I've been working in a long-term acute care hospital as a PRN staff, which is whenever they need me, since I started working then 10 years ago. I know they perform safety checks quite frequently, and if this would have happened at my current job, I knew I would have been okay. Unfortunately, again, the fourth eyewash station yielded slightly more water pressure, but still dysfunctional and not for proper rinsing of the eyes, only about three inches or so. I tried to splash water up into my eyes and finally asked the dietary manager for cups and moved to the kitchen sink, turned on the cold water, and filled up the cups and flushed my eyes the best I could with water running down my face and neck. The next part becomes fuzzy because at this point I was crying and horrible thoughts of never seeing again was running through my head. I'm unsure of the exact timeline for the next events, but the dietary manager asked me if I had contacts and that I needed to take them out. Thank goodness she did this. I stopped rinsing and went to take my contacts out, but felt resistance. I have worn contacts since the fourth grade. You heard me, fourth grade. And at my then current 34-year-old self, I know my eye and the feel with great certainty. I peeled my contact lenses from both eyes and threw them away and felt an increase in anxiety and terror because my eyes felt hard, dry, and my finger would stick to them instead of sliding like they always do. I continued to rinse my eyes with the cups and the dietary manager went to get the maintenance director to increase the water pressure of the eyewash station. At this point, I was sobbing while rinsing my eyes alone in the kitchen. Eventually, other staff came in, of whom I cannot recall, because my vision was severely disturbed without contacts, and I was seeing with increased fuzziness from what I assumed was the chemical reaction. When the maintenance director came up and increased the water pressure, the eyewash station shot out like a fire hose. I stood a few feet away from the eyewash station as the cold and pressured water rinsed my eyes and covered me from head to toe. Looking back, I was like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy when Rob Lowe is spraying him with water after their cow-tipping escapade. One of my coworkers told someone to get towels, and she assisted me in stepping on the towels so that I would not trip and fall from the water covering the entire floor of the kitchen. Someone suggested they get the nurse practitioner and my helpful coworker asked if she could get me new clothes. So when she went to get my clothes, the nurse practitioner came in. She looked at my eyes for a minute and stated that I needed to go to the hospital. I asked if I needed to continue to rinse because it had seemed like a delay of five to 10 minutes from the start of rinsing and maybe only five minutes of actual rinsing 
definitely not 15. I was advised to go straight to the hospital. I recall calling my husband in the kitchen at this point, crying and shaking that I had gotten chemicals in my eye and was going to the hospital. I told him that I would keep him informed, and my helpful coworker assisted me in walking to the bathroom to change my clothes. I was shivering from the cold water all over myself and the trauma from the events that had transpired. She asked if she could help me get dressed, but I was able to do it myself very slowly, shaking the whole time. I went to my office to get my purse while my helpful coworker went to get her car. The rehab manager met me outside of my office, heading to the front door, and asked if he could take me to the hospital. He also apologized for what happened, but I kindly declined because I knew that my helpful coworker would be able to assist in my care and ask the right questions to the hospital doctors if I was not able to. They gave me the paper that has the description of the chemicals. And when I looked at it in the car, I saw that the chemicals for the heavy-duty oven degreaser stated that you needed to wear eye goggles. Of course, we should have been wearing eye goggles. Wish someone would have told us when they signed us up for a job that we didn't want to do because they wouldn't furlough half the staff. Funny thing was that my helpful coworker was on the safety team, and she said they always checked off the eyewash stations, but she doesn't ever recall them ever turning them on. What? My blood was boiling when I arrived at the hospital. I was working for a place that was incompetent enough to not test the eyewash stations. We arrived at the hospital 15 minutes later, and I waited another 10 minutes to be taken back to a room where I could continue the eye washing. Things were definitely more fuzzy than they normally were just without my contacts. The physician stained my eyes and informed me of no ulceration, but that I needed to go to an ophthalmologist. My eye doctors are optometrists, so she gave me a referral for an ophthalmologist in my town. I didn't know it then, but the doctor I was referred to is also known in my community to be very helpful with dry eye. The doctor was able to see me in a few hours, so I was able to return home to take a warm shower, as I was still very cold and I needed something to eat. The ophthalmologist did an exam and stated my eyes would heal in two days. Normally, I would balk at a physician who made such radical claims, but I was elated and felt so lucky that I was going to be fine, especially considering the crazy escapade that happened that day. He suggested I used eye drops every four hours, and when asked what I should use, he said, anything in the drugstore. I asked about wearing my contact lenses and he said that I could start wearing them in a few days. He asked his assistant to look for a sample on the way out, and she gave me a sample of refreshed tears. Looking back, these did have preservative in them, and at the time, I knew nothing about the eyes, except that I wear contact lenses. I used the eye drops every four hours and found some relief. 
I tried my contacts in my eyes on Friday of that week and unfortunately had to take them out after five minutes. They were burning and very uncomfortable. This was my first bad sign, but the doctor had assured me this would not be a long-term problem. I researched articles about the course of healing for acute toxic eye injury. I saw the doctor three more times. Again, on that Friday, because I had a small dot on my eyelid, he told me that it was a clogged tear duct, and many people have that. Well, okay, but I had never experienced that before. When I saw the doctor the next time, past the, you're gonna be fine in two days, I was still frequently using the refresh tears. He stated that I could start using the refresh preservative-free because I was not getting relief. I continued to have clogged tear ducts and feelings of dryness. The doctor stated that because I was not having redness or burning, then I did not have dry eye. Looking back, he never once did a schmear test, which seems to be the gold standard for measuring tears. I also was using warm compresses as advised. By this time, my nights were sleepless. I was constantly researching dry eye, chemical eye injury, and how to relieve the dryness and pain I was experiencing. Fish oil and omega-3s kept coming up. So not knowing how much I should take, I opted for 1,400 milligrams of fish oil per day. The next doctor's visit, it was too much to bear. I could hear the rapport he was building with every patient from the open-doored room I was in, and when he walked into the room, he did not smile or partake in any small talk. I tried to build rapport by making jokes or asking additional questions about my eyes, but it was clear that he was not interested in me as a person or patient. I truly feel that because I was a workman's comp patient, that I was not as important as all his other patients. All I ever wanted was a diagnosis and treatment. I was always told that my eyes were quote-unquote fine, and each symptom I brought up was something other people had. But I did not have these symptoms until after the injury. He was sure that I would not have any long-term effects. And then, five plus months later, I was still dealing with ill effects, including feelings of dry eye, grittiness in my eyes, clogged tear ducts, and inability to wear my contacts for long periods of time. Every time I wore my contacts, I'd pay for it the next day, with lots more dryness and lots of drops. Then I started having more symptoms of light sensitivity burning of my left eye, and severe watering. Three months after the initial injury, I started using an eyelid cleaner, hypochlorous acid. It did help, but then I started noticing some swelling of the lower outsides of both eyes and some itching. At some point, I also started taking AREDS2 to help with my eyes, but it caused nausea, and as a result, I wasn't taking it every day. The eye drops honestly seemed to make it worse. Somewhere in June of that year, 
about one month following the injury and the runaround with this highly respected workman's comp doctor who thought I was just trying to get something from the system, I called my normal eye doctor. Unfortunately, due to COVID, they weren't really seeing patients, and I remember making the phone call in my car. I was crying before the call, and when she said it was going to be three weeks, I told her to forget it. Then I cried some more. I was truly depressed. I was still not sleeping well. I was talking with my therapist frequently because of the loss of self and shame associated with the results of my injury. The next decision I made became the thing that saved me. I found Dr. Travis and Jenna Ziegler of I Love. I signed up for their free dry eye boot camp and started reading the posts in their support group on Facebook. I started learning about clean water, smoothies, healthy eating, and more to get my body in tip-top shape for healing. These interventions started working. I read all the posts, all the time, trying to find the information that was going to help me. One day after reading for a long time, I posted my story. I felt horrible as I was writing it up, but I was so thankful I did. The outpouring from the dry eye community was so supportive. They encouraged me to advocate for myself and find a dry eye specialist since the doctor I had worked with obviously did not want to help me. I found a dry eye specialist two hours away, and so I called them, told them my story, including my case with workers' comp, and I scheduled my appointment. So six months after my injury, I took my husband to the appointment for support, and I was hoping he would take over my workman's comp claim. I was forking out so much money for eye drops and fish oil, and the thought of having to cover the cost of that for 50 more years was disgusting. Later, this dry eye specialist told me at the appointment that I look like an injured dog. I can just imagine, because that's how I felt. Sobbing in the corner, tail between my legs, and not wanting to come out and see anyone. I remember wanting answers, so many answers. And after he completed the tests that were the gold standard, he said that I actually was not that bad. My husband was relieved, and frankly, I was slightly relieved. But I left thinking, wait, if I'm not that bad, then how do other people go on like this? Then so many other thoughts came. If I'm not that bad, then how do I get better? When I left, I was told I could up the fish oil by a lot. I also needed a better quality, and honestly, I was thankful for that because fish oil was the only thing that had been helping me. In addition, he was unable to take my case because it had been so long since the injury. If only I wasn't in a state of anxiety and depression, then maybe I would have made the decision to go for a second opinion sooner. If I was in my right mind, that's what I would have done. That's who I am. If I don't find the answers, then I typically go looking for more. But it was impossible to do that under the state I was under at the time. It took me months to get the nerve to try to help myself. So. I made one last-ditch effort to find someone to help my case. I made an appointment with my regular eye doctor 
the one I called months before and decided it was going to take too long. I was helpless back then, remember? But now I was desperate. I know she tried her best. I again was deemed, quote, not that bad, prescribed eye drops to try to make things better. But I wasn't looking for medication. I was looking for a cure. I was looking to go back to normal. I was wanting to look into the mirror and see my glasses-free self again, the person I was before. This wasn't me. This wasn't the confident, fun-loving person I was. This was someone broken, hoping and praying that someone would help me. What I realized after that appointment was that I was the only one who could help myself. I needed to rise up and take control. So that's what I did. I hope you enjoyed the first part of my story. Thank you for listening to Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. I hope you come back to hear the rest.